Good evening. We are the Yankee Clippers. It's uh, Sunday, April 15th. What's up, Sean? How are you? Tom, how you doing, man? Let's just jump right in. I'm are you ready annoying, to go? Right? Yeah, you've been, you've been playing in this all week. Yeah. The floor is yours. Um, I'm just going to start us off with the fucking mix. <laughs> they can't even tank properly. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, the last three wins that they had of the season were Washington. Okay, Washington. Then... They beat Miami, and then they ended off the season beating Cleveland. Congratulations. Three what, playoff what a win. teams they beat. Yeah, great game, right? <laughs> so explain to me how you don't even know how to tank properly. Well, here's my take on it. I mean, continue your rant you know, in a second or two, but just my quick take observing. I don't think Hornacek had any idea of whether he was going to be retained or not. I think he truly believed the only chance of him being retained was going to be able to win as many games as possible. I, I can't. I got to cut you off there. I cannot agree with that. What are you talking and about? Just as, a, just as a person that has nothing to do with anything, and I don't know anything about anything, I know the second that Porzingis fell and his season was over, everybody knew we were looking towards next year. No, I, Hornacek should not be playing dumb. I agree with you, but that's the front office's job to tell him what his responsibility no, as a bullshit. coach is to do. He has a brain, right? No, but he's being think. told to to win games. That's why Jarrett Jack is playing all of these minutes, and Nito Hina gets to play for forty minutes, and the next day not see the court. Let me let me tell you who played that game. Okay, twenty one minutes out of Michael Beasley. He should have played four minutes that fucking game. Nito Hina played thirty seven minutes. Kyle Quinn played 17, and Trey Burke, who was probably, after Porzingis went down, the most consistent and best Nick this season, played 42 minutes and had 19 points. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Listen, I, I'm, sell, I'm telling you, there's LeBron no direction. James, LeBron James that game played 11 minutes. There's they should have had the bench from the Westchester Knicks play that game. I agree with you, but that's front office not having any idea. That's the coach not knowing what he's supposed to be doing for him to keep his job. We all knew watching the Knicks that Hornacek was not going to keep his job. He was done. He was done. So but he felt he, the need to win these games and play these guys and go for it and not tank. And this is the result because you had playoff teams who were in the playoffs, knew they were in the playoffs, didn't give two shits about winning those games or losing those games, and the Knicks decided that here's three wins against playoff teams. That's more wins than they had in a month. Exactly. In over a month. And on top of that, they, the worst part is they do this like they did it last year. They did it uh, two two years before that when they had a pick. It seems like every time something looks good, they fuck up. Every There's a time. lot of similarity there to the Jets. Yeah, I wish not I playing their young They're quarterbacks. Not not you know re, not re, you know playing starters that shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I can't talk about it anymore. I just had to get that off my chest. Listen, when we go, what has it been now? It's been ten days since our last show, and and the season was wrapping up. You you texted me and you were saying, listen, I I gotta let this go. I'm deleting the show with this, so I don't blame you. Yeah, no, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. See that they have meetings scheduled this week with uh, Mark Jackson, David Fisdale, Jerry Stackhouse, and. Now you add another great name 
to the next list, which is Mike Woodson. A little blast from the past uh, from your 2012 team. I say that sarcastically. I don't think he's a great coach. Um, he had a good run. With, he had a good run. He had the Knicks' best season under his belt in the last like twenty years. Is he going to move the needle for the, you for the franchise? The Atlantic Division, no. And, and he also had a really good run with the um, the Atlanta Hawks back early in the uh, earlier twenty tens. But no, and I don't even want to talk about this because I'm already annoyed enough as it is. <laughs> the only guy that really that I really want to listen to in that one is Fizdale. I, I like him a lot. I think he's a really good coach. Maybe he's just LeBron's bitch boy. I don't know. Um, him and Blatt are fine. The rest of them, I don't really want to hear it. Um, I said to you earlier today, just go after either Jay Wright, Shaka Smart, one of these college coaches, and try and get the next Brad Stevens. Why not at this point? I mean, it seems like... Yeah, you're just throwing t- to see what sticks at the wall at this point. You might as well try one of these college coaches. You've tried fucking Phil Jackson, although he wasn't a coach. You've tried Derek Fisher, which was a fucking disaster. He was trying to fuck the players' girlfriends, for Christ's sake. He couldn't... Coach fucking any couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. Okay, <laughs> then you got Jeff Hornacek, who, according to you, is trying to win games when the team's trying to fucking tank. He oh, that sure know is which, what it looks like. He doesn't even know which way is up. So, the, what's the worst that can happen? Maybe they should get somebody. For, maybe they should go to Saint Saint whatever's prep and get a high school coach at this point. He couldn't do any worse than these two fucking clowns they've had last. No, you can't. I mean, but that shows the instability of the, of the team, right? It seems like from ownership down, whoever's in charge of the front office, who's ever and making these hiring decisions, that's these the guys. Answer is the ownership. Yeah, yeah don't, I've ranted about James Nolan before. He just wants to play in a stupid ass Jasmine. I wish he would treat the Knicks like he does the Rangers and just stay the hell out of the way and own the goddamn arena and show up to the games. Now, and sit to in the be box. fair, I I certainly I'm certainly not giving any pass to James Dolan, so don't worry about that. But he did that with Phil. When Nick fans were rioting outside the garden, he said, I'm going to hire this guy and I'm staying the hell out of the way until it looked like Phil was basically sabotaging the organization and he finally had to let him go. Yeah, that, that is true. I, I do have to say that. I just wish he would hire somebody that wasn't born in 1920. You know what you need as a head coach? stay out of you the You know way. what the Knicks need as a head coach? They need somebody that's going to gain the word respect around the league and is going to attract not necessarily the marquee free agents, but even yeah. the next tier free agents. Or to even have the free agents take meetings. Like Kevin Durant wouldn't even take a meeting with the Knicks. No, I mean they play in New York City, and he wouldn't even take a meeting. They play with in them. Madison Square Garden. They're one of the most famous organizations, not just in the NBA, but in all of North American professional sports. I mean, I hate to continue to bring this up because I'm sure nobody cares about the Nets. But as a Net fan, you know what Kenny Atkinson has as a head coach? He has respect around the league. People look at him and say, that's a good coach. Sean Marks running the front office, San Antonio guy under the Popovich tree. Same thing. You know, he has respect along across the league. So are they going to attract the best players? No, but that's something that you look for. You look for stability. The Knicks keep firing up with these, you know, hardcore, huge names from the past, whether it be front offices or coaches. And then it doesn't seem like there's any continuity between the decision makers and Dolan. And then by the time a coach comes, he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing throughout the season. The The GM is constantly in a state of flux. They don't know whether he's staying or going or what he needs to do to keep his job. The coach in the same boat. It doesn't seem like there's any stability ever. When was the last time there was stability with the Knicks? Under When you, when you had Van Gundy. Van Gundy in the late 90s. So 
if I'm looking, if I'm in the Knicks right now, I'm looking, just give me a name where I know I'm going to get respect around the league for this and not just throw up a name that's going to do a little bit of lip service for my fan base. I'd like to see from the Knicks in a perfect world, them hire a GM that's an analytics guy that you've never heard of and then turn around and hire a coach like maybe even Mark Jackson where he's more of a player's coach and then you get the best of both worlds. You get the analytics GM and you get the player's coach and I feel like that's always a really good combination. The Warriors are doing it like that. The Rockets are doing it like that for sure right now with Dan Tony, who just wants to run and score, loves the players, and then you got. But a they guy. built that team to fit his coaching, you know, mindset. I mean, his strategy as a coach. I mean, that he couldn't have a better team to run that game plan. Yeah, but their GM is pretty much the lead, the you know, leading the charge of the analytics movement, and I just. I don't want these personnel guys where it's like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he does this one thing perfect, like Kyle O'Quinn. You know, he fits in this offense. You know, like Jackson, I mean, not that he's a bad player, but he's a good rebounder and a good offensive rebounder. You need these guys to fit into your plan, not just like a decent player. Yeah, and not an archaic plan like the triangle that was that Phil was trying to preach and get his coach to coach and his players to play. And nobody ever wanted to do it. And no one ever wanted to do it because they knew it was an outdated system. I think, too, is... You know, when it comes to some of these coaching options that they have, just there has to be that continuity. You just spoke to it between the analytics GM for Houston and Dan Tony. They're on the same page and they're targeting players either via trade, free agency, or guys they're bringing out up out of the G League who are going to contribute to that system. And that is a testament to why they were the first seed this year. The Warriors, same thing. It seems like they always get guys whether they're free agents or in trades or in the draft, late in the draft, that fit their game plan. And every time they play, yeah, Kerr is a very good coach. I think we all understand and, and, and uh, acknowledge that. But they have the proper people in place to uh, to execute that game plan. And regardless of who's playing, whether there's injuries or not, they can carry that out. The Knicks, there's no stability between the front office and the coaching staff ever. Yeah, and you know what? It all ties back into Dolan. I don't think that's going to change until – he really makes a change, and maybe he'll, you know, I don't I don't think there's any way he's going to change anytime soon unless he's looking to sell the team. Um, but let's, you know, enough, enough, you're just trying to make me fucking depressed, aren't you? You wanted to lead with this, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about it for 10 minutes now. I'm, I'm over it. All no, right, you're so not, but we'll move on. Let's jump into the playoffs. The NBA, I feel like, is a completely different animal. I'm so excited about the playoffs. Almost every single first-round series is is interesting. Up to this point, and even before at the beginning, before these games have been played, um, right now at this moment we're in the fourth quarter of the OKC game. Um, so we've seen every game up to to now. I feel like I'm, you know, the NBA, the end of the NBA season was kind of a drag. I feel like I was walking through the desert. There was a lot of mirages, okay? There was a, there was, I was seeing a Philadelphia 76er. I was seeing a Utah Jazz guy. But I feel like by this the time. This is beautiful. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, no, no. But I feel like I'm trying to paint a picture. There's just a bunch of mirages. I feel like when I finally get, you know, some water in me. It's going to be clear the Golden State Warriors are going to fucking win the championship. Well, how many? But it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a pure lock anymore. I mean, if this Curry injury is real, it could be something. I mean, Durant's really going to have to show why how great he is, along with Thompson and Draymond's going to have to show that he's the real glue guy there because you know Houston is 
Houston's really great. Not, I mean, I want to talk to you about them when we get to reviewing their series because they are two of the biggest choke artists in NBA history. But, you know, on the Eastern Conference side, after watching today's Pacers game where they fucking smacked the Cavs around. That was a surprise. Olin Depot was by far the best player on the floor. The East is wide open. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so funny, Sixers, right? Like as we were getting Sixers, right. Sixers. Sixers. As we were getting into Trust this, the process. Right? <laughs> Trust it for sure. I mean, we we talked about it a couple shows back, right? Let's jump right in. Let's but talk real about quick, the series. So, you know, like we mentioned, how many shows did we, in our, our first couple episodes say, yeah, yeah, NBA, gloss over it, congratulations to the Warriors. This is fun now. This yeah. has become fun. A lot of change happened uh, within the last couple weeks across the landscape of the uh, of the Western and Eastern Conference. And now we have an entertaining postseason, which is NBA fans, even if we're fringe NBA fans, knowing that our teams haven't been relevant in years. It, it, this is something fun to watch, and we're looking forward to it. So, yeah, let's jump right in. I mean, we want to start uh, uh, in start order with, with yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, so the Warriors, I mean. They took care of business. They took care of business. San Antonio's, you know, they don't have Kawhi Leonard, and they're not going to have Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi thing's really interesting. He might get traded. I think so. He's worn out that welcome. You're hearing reports of players, you know, fellow players doubting him and him sticking yeah. to and not playing. This phantom hip injury. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of bad blood, it seems, there. I think he's I think he's done, and there's no way he's this hurt where he can't play. So I think he's just done. He's, he's worn out his welcome in San Antonio. Maybe they steal one at home, but I think that's a five-game that's – a, that's a four or five-game, you know, cakewalk for Golden State. I think that was more – that game told more about how in bad a shape the Spurs are um, than it did how great the Warriors are. I mean, they just took care of business, but that doesn't mean that they're going to – you know, sweep every series and walk to the finals. I just think it's that you know the Spurs were. You know, if you look at the if you look at the playoffs, I think the Spurs are probably the weakest team of all sixteen. Which is crazy to say, given the last twenty years. But I think this season just goes to show how how good of a coach Popovich is. Not having Kawhi, best player being Lamarcus Aldridge, which who's a one dimensional player, doesn't do much besides score. Although he was probably a top twenty player in the league this year, um, he's not really a great great rebounder. Um, and then just having a bunch of you know players around him that aren't really names. You got Manu, you got Dejounte Murray playing big minutes. You got Rudy Gay, and you've yeah, got Pau Gasol. But, this would have been a good but, team in 2010. Absolutely, and and the thing is, the stat is the second leading scorer on that team behind Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge, I believe, is at like 22, 23 points a game. Is Rudy Gay at 11? So you really don't know who's going to go out there and step up besides Lamarcus Aldridge any given night. And that's tough. And I just honestly, I think it's going to be a Golden State sweep. They're going to make a statement. And and I think that the San Antonio Spurs, believe it or not, are the worst team in the playoffs. I think so too, especially in the West. I mean, you look at you look at the game Durant had yesterday. He had twenty four. Clay Thompson putting up twenty seven. You had Iguodala starting at point guard yesterday. They're too deep and they're too talented. the The Spurs don't really stand much of a chance at all. Um, so they're lucky to have made the playoffs. They're lucky to have made the playoffs, and you know what? They kept that cons- consecutive playoff season's uh, record alive. So, you know, that really is, as as you mentioned, a testament to Popovich's real brilliance as a coach. 
But I don't think we have to say too much more about that series. Curry's out for the series. They're not going to miss him. Let him get healthy, and whoever they end up playing in the second round will maybe give them a little bit more of a fight. Let's go into the Eastern Conference. I'm saying they're gonna. I'm saying they're gonna sweep. That's it. Yeah, that's fair, and I I agree with you. you. Think they might steal one. They might steal fine. one, but I mean four or five. It's it's really yeah. doesn't matter. We go into Toronto, Washington. Toronto took care of business at home yesterday. That game was tight until the end of the fourth. They pulled away one by eight. They made their free throws. Toronto's a balanced team, man. We've talked about that. I watched the majority of the game. What I got from that game was every single game is going to be close. I think this one goes six. I just think Toronto's too deep. I think their bench is too much. Uh, you saw when one of the big three players – Actually, it's really the big, I guess it's not an actual big four, but the big four players, including Morris, who had a great game uh, for the Wizards. He had like 20, he had above 20 and 10. He almost had a triple-double yesterday, actually. Um, When they're out, their bench depth is not great. Beyond Kelly Oubre, they really don't have much. And I think that um, they call him the bench mob or whatever for the Raptors is really going to show that they're the better team. They have more depth, and that's what wins out in the playoffs is, you know, when your guys actually got to come out, if those players can step up. And I know the benches shrink in the playoffs, but they are very important still. Of course, of course. And and Toronto, you know, we were talking about as we led into the postseason, and we said Toronto is probably the second best team in the East. And I, I would probably agree, although now your Sixers pick is looking quite good. Segwaying into that game, man, Miami was giving them a game – I don't know about what do you. you. Think about Toronto, though, what do you think that series ends up with? I think six, Toronto and six. They're like okay. I said, you know, to start, they're too good of a team. I, I just don't see them losing that series. I don't think Washington has what it takes to get past them. Toronto will get Toronto. Will Washington, get win in six. you know, when I was thinking about this series, not to not to prolong it, Washington probably has, you know, I would say DeRozan's the best player in the series. Then I would go Bradley Beal, John Wall, then Kyle Lowry, then Otto Porter then Kelly Oubre, and then the rest of the Raptors. So they have three of the top five players in this series, but it's just the depth of Something the with Wall, man, too. I don't know what it is with him on that He's team. Never Something doesn't either. fit. Something yeah. doesn't fit. And, and you know, I, they, always say, they say that he got paid and he doesn't care. I mean, if you don't care, I just don't think he's ever won. To jump on the scorer's table in a non-deciding game last season – um, when it sent them to the Game 7 against the Celtics, that just goes to show how little he's won because he still lost that series. Yeah. You think, you look back, you're like, oh, he must have won that series. Nope, they lost to Boston and Isaiah Thomas. So, yep. I mean, but, yeah, so I think six is fair in that series. Yeah, we're I'd even go five, honestly, after watching that game yesterday because the Wizards really gave them all they had, and they still lost by eight in the end. And they Toronto's really got, a really tough team They at got home. worn down, yeah. So next up is Miami-Philly. Um, sweep. You love your Sixers. And let me tell you what, I, I kind of laughed about it, and I just didn't think that they, they were ready to arrive. But without Embiid, that game Simmons had yesterday, 14 assists and 17 points. Redick had 28. I think what you mentioned a couple shows back could not have proved more correct yesterday with the, the way that the Sixers can spread the floor 
I watched that game. Bellinelli, Covington, Reddick hitting threes left and right. And a guy that I right. kept forgetting to mention is Dario Saric, who is a good passer X-factor. and a very good shooter. And I think he's going to be the reason why they might end up winning the Western Conference. In Eastern end, Conference. Sorry. Eastern, sorry. Yeah, I don't know my fucking geography. <laughs> the Eastern Conference in the end. Dario Saric might be the X, I guess you would say, the X bar quote factor in this. And then Especially if Embiid, Embiid doesn't play. And what I think was huge was that when Embiid was out, it really really gave Simmons that confidence that this is his team and he can run the team. And now I think when Embiid comes back, he comes back in more of a different role. I still think he's a top 20 player in the NBA. The both of them are. And they're they're playing like top 15 players in the NBA. But I think that Embiid, you don't have to run the offense through Embiid. You have Simmons spreading the floor and there's no, oh, we got to go to Embiid with four seconds left on the shot clock. No, when you have the they're spreading the ball around because you got the shooters, man. They everybody up and down that team can shoot the ball. They're long. They can defend. They're so athletic. They overwhelmed a veteran Miami Heat team. Yeah, and Miami, aside from Whiteside, is you know an underwhelming team. They Dragic is a nice player. They have some good supporting players. Olynyk had some moments. Tyler Johnson's okay, but you know they don't have anybody like a Simmons or an Embiid. Or even no, though talent, even their supporting cast, you the know, they don't have a Reddick, so they don't have apart. a Bellinelli, they don't have a Saric. So they have the thing that might keep them in this series and send it to five or six is they have a superior coach in Eric Spoltra. They have a more experienced roster and they're their ancillary players are very good. I think what's crazy, too, is I, I just explained the Heat without even mentioning Dwayne Wade. I mean, I, I think he's a shell of his former self. I don't think he can... Cont- he might have a turn-back-the-clock game He might once. have one. I could see him... Turn-back-the-clock quarter, maybe? Could you see them going down to Miami, down 0-2, and him putting on a, her- a heroic effort in Game 3, willing them to win, oh, and, that, and that being it? I could see, you know, Whiteside having a 20-rebound game and Wade having 25 points... Eight assists, you know, twelve rebounds. One of those games, and then you know them losing in five. I I think that's a good guess, and that's what I'm going to go with. I think Philly in five. Okay, I mean the way that they looked yesterday would be hard for me to argue that. I I don't think Miami has a lot, and the way Philly was playing without Embiid rolling into the playoffs, they're playing with a whole lot of confidence. They got swagger about them. Yeah, I mean, your pick is looking better and better. I know it's only one game, but you can get excited. That's all we have to, to talk about but right now. But the thing about the pick, and we can go further into this when we talk about the rest of the Eastern Conferences, when you look at the matchups and how they stack up in the seedings, Philly by far has the easiest path to the Eastern Conference Finals. And See, I got the uh, the location correct that time. Well done. Um, and, I mean, Cleveland, that's one series... It just got really fucking interesting. So we're going to dive into that in a second. Let's recap quickly the last game from last night, which was the Anthony Davis-Drew Holiday against Portland uh, Playoff game. Rondo, don't forget about it. And him. Playoff Rondo, that's a good point. Yeah, he, he had a really nice stat line, especially in the assist department like he always Rondo, does. Rondo, man, he just shows up when it counts. A couple weeks ago, he had a huge steal on Kevin Durant to seal a game that they needed to get into the playoffs. It, it was one of the biggest plays of the season, if you ask me. And then he had yet another huge steal in this game. Drew Holiday is playing like a first-team All-NBA defense. He's got... He, he should get votes for third-team All-NBA. I know he didn't make an All-Star team, but he hasn't been healthy since his Sixers days. He made one All-Star team for the Sixers, and he had career highs across the board in points per game, minutes played, assists, and he's also playing great defense. He had... 
And he put biggest, up 21 last night. Yeah, 21 last night. He had the biggest block. He had the biggest play in the game with that block on um, who went up for the layup. Co- um, the guy was the McCollum. No, 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 no. It was a pitcher from from Notre Dame, the white guy. I couldn't tell you. Regardless, that. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, he 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 pinned him to the backboard, and then that really sealed the game because after he pinned him, Davis grabbed the rebound and they went to free throws. And I just, I think that New Orleans wins this series. And I, I really like Dame, and I really like McCollum, but I think that they do not match up well with um, with the two guards, with Rondo and with Holiday. Yeah. I think because those guys can really defend, and, and you know, Rondo is just always looking to distribute and get his other guys going. There's They don't really have an answer for a guy, of course, like Davis, who's a top-five player in the NBA, or even a guy like Miritich, who can play great defense, runs runs both sides of the floor well, and he can shoot it. You know what's funny is I didn't recognize him without his beard that he had in his he Chicago weird, days, right? yeah. and I forgot that they acquired him. When Bobby Portis punched him in the face, and then Laurie Markkinen started playing great in Chicago. Yeah, and I forgot that they also acquired him as a result of Boogie Cousins going out. But I tell you, he looked really good yesterday, and he gives them that extra dimension of a big guy that can stretch the floor, rebound, and play tough defense. I'm not willing to to discount Portland yet. They had a really strong season. You know, that was a tough loss. They only lost by two. They didn't get blown out. I'm not ready to concede them losing. New Orleans certainly looked good. Um, if all things go right, like what you were saying for for New Pat Orleans, Connaughton, that's his there name. you go. He's good. He's good. But um, but no, I'm not ready to discount Portland yet. I still think that they could make that a series. This in the Western Conference, this could be a six or seven game series. I I, I agree. In I my think, opinion, yeah. I think that I think that the New Orleans. Um, just won the series by stealing the first game and t- basically taking home court advantage. Um, and I just think it has nothing to do with how good of a season Portland had. The matchup, they couldn't have drawn a worse matchup of, for them because the big man inside, they have nobody to go against Davis. They have nobody that can really combat Miritich. And the guards can't do what they can do Jerkic as well. Jerkic is good, though. No, he is. But the problem is, is that Davis is just can very much shut he, him down. But he might be able to play well the against Miritich. Player, the one player who I thought looked really good last night um, from the draft this past year is Zach Collins. Um, oh, uh, from, from Gonzaga. B- from Gonzaga, that's right. Yep. Yeah, he looked great, but he's a rookie. He's not going to play big minutes. And I really, I, I think that Rondo and uh, Holiday are going to do a good enough job on the offensive end and do a stellar job like last night on the defensive end, slowing them down. And I think New Orleans is going to win in six, believe it or not. I, I, I thought it was going to be a seven-game series, and New Orleans takes it. I thought they really were, but I think it goes six now that they won on the road um, in the first game. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad prediction. Going off just one game, New Orleans looked really good, and they did cause a lot of matchup nightmares for Portland, as you are as you articulated. I'm not ready to give up on Portland yet. I'm going to still say they win in seven. I like the fact they have okay. home court, okay. but we'll see. Now, we teased this a little bit ago when we were just talking about Philly. All right, Tom. Cleveland, Cleveland today got the Cleveland LeBrons looked awful. Olin Depot was the best player on the floor, and they might lose in the first round. I can't Could believe you I'm imagine if it. they lose to Indiana in the first round. LeBron will be wearing a different jersey next year. I'm not going to throw around predictions or anything, but God, that they look team, bad. That's the worst team I think LeBron's been a part of since he since he went to the Heat. 
This is the worst team. They're just a bunch of spare parts. You got Tristan Thompson out here fucking cheating on Chloe. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw a tweet and it was like oh, the man. first time Tristan Thompson's ever had success against a double team. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, yeah that's uh, it, that was bad. And I'm not ready to totally. You just don't overreact. have anybody reliable besides Kevin Love who can't create his own shot. I said Rodney Hood was going to make an impact. I was wrong. He hasn't done a damn thing in Cleveland. Uh, George Hill, eh. Jordan Clarkson, eh. Larry Nance, good defender, good athlete, but eh. It's like LeBron, LeBron, Kevin Love, and eh. It just there's nothing. No, and and they they LeBron have... would have to have the greatest performance ever by a basketball player to bring them to the finals. After watching one game today, I know it's one game, whatever, but they made them look really bad. Oh, they did. And what I have to wonder, too, is did Cleveland come out just assuming that they'd win this game? Uh, did Indiana play their best possible game and maybe that they used everything up today? It's hard to discount Cleveland because they have the Good history. Good for the Pacers, I think. Oh, no. I, you know what? They got Miles Turner. He's a big man on the inside. Very skilled. Good defender. He can defend positions one, three through five. He can really stay, keep up with Kevin Love. Uh, nobody can guard him on the other side of the floor. They got Sabonis, who really took a step forward after leaving Westbrook. Um, you got the most improved player of the year and probably a second-team All-NBA in Victor Oladipo, who's just great. And then you have that antagonizer in Lance Stevenson. Yeah, he was getting into it more with LeBron again today, too. That's, that's his that's, thing, That's man. his thing, and he can do it. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to totally overreact, but that was a statement made by Indiana today. And it will, you know, after Game 2, I think it'll be interesting. But I think that win just made this a, at least a six-game series. I don't think Cleveland's going to put them away. I don't think Cleveland's going to win four in a row. Or they, you know, they might still win the series. But I tell you, that was very uninspiring. They they didn't look like they came ready to play. Indiana looked great. And absolutely, I think it's a six or a seven game series. I think Cleveland finds a way to pull it. I out. I do too. But but this, this just got exciting. I think this series means more for Cleveland. Throughout the throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, than it does this this one series. I think that they're going to one get worn down, and I think they're really showing us their true colors. And that I know this is all based off one game, but they're not that great of a team. I think if they play Philly, especially because they're the keep in mind they're the four seed and Philly's the three seed, so Philly's going to have home court advantage. That's a problem. And on top of that, who knows if they even get to Philly? Because I know LeBron's got Toronto's number, but. Well, we mentioned... A so they have to play Toronto next round. Yeah, so we mentioned, right, that he has Toronto's number and that Philly could be more of the antagonistic team. I think now Indiana's the antagonistic team to Cleveland, and Philly might just have just might be athletically good and, and just as a team as good, if not better, than Cleveland. I mean, the way that they're playing without even Embiid, Cleveland just is missing something, and like you said, it would take a Herculean effort by LeBron to to get past to get into the East, to get into the NBA Finals again. I think it would take a crazy effort just to get past the series. I think he really misses Kyrie Irving. Oh, for sure. I mean, now, the Celtics do too. Yeah, <laughs> Kyrie out. Um, but no, I although mean, the Celtics, uh, that was a great game today. But I think that you know we'll talk about this after we go through all of our matchups. Philly's got the path to the Eastern Conference Finals right now and to winning it. They I really laughed do. about it two weeks ago. 
I mean, they You had to look at the matchups, man. You really did. And that team is coming into its own. Like I said, when they started spreading that ball around and really getting Bellinelli and Reddick involved with those three balls, they're a different team. They're a better team. Yeah. So so now we look at Boston-Milwaukee. What a game that was today. That was one of the best games, uh, first-round playoff games in a bit. And, you know, Boston was battling. They have a lot of good complementary players on that team. Morris played super good today. Um, you know, they, they, they just know how to play I mean, and coach so well. But Absolutely. Middleton hitting that three with .5 left out of the inbound after uh, Rozier He's hit the three. He's a very underrated player. That was crazy. Everybody and then, talks about Giannis. Everybody talks about Jabari. Even Brogdon gets more shine than Middleton, and Middleton's probably the second best player on that team. You know who I saw played some pretty good defense today for the Bucks was Tony Snell, and he can hit a three now and then. He's a three, the definition of a three and D guy. Yeah, and you got to remember Bledsoe's on that team as well. But the issue with this team, just to dive into this series, is that they are first of all they have an interim head coach, and. He couldn't coach a rec league team. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing out there. And I think that um, Stevens is going to outclass this guy on the floor, and I think that Boston's going to end up winning this series just off coaching ability. And Rozier, man, he's a player. He's come into his own, and I think that if they can't re- – I don't know when his contract is up, but if they can't resign, he's going to be a starter somewhere in this league. Yeah, and he's going to be a good one at that. I mean, he and he, he's the definition of a guy that was a role player, played behind Isaiah. Me, to give you a comp, he reminds me of a better version of Reggie Jackson. Remember, yes. he was on Oklahoma City and yep. then Russell Westbrook tore his ACL, and he played really good minutes for OKC. He then went to Detroit and fizzled out, but yeah, at least he got, a starting, yeah, yeah. he got an option to start. And I think the fizzling out is more of an effort thing based off him and an injury thing as well. I don't think it had anything to do with talent, and I see Rozier being like that too. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I hadn't even thought of that, but Rozier has the ability to – he has the ability to put the ball on the deck, really take guys off the dribble, and then he can shoot threes. And he's one of those max effort, high energy guys on the floor that Boston seems to produce pretty regularly. He can guard up too. Yeah, he, he can. Really can. But, you know, Milwaukee has a lot of talent. I think Boston wins. The home court's going to serve him well, in my opinion. I think Boston in six. But every th- I see most of these games being close. Yeah, I actually think Boston could do it in the last maybe five. Um, and then, yeah, so Boston in five or six. I say five, you say six. But Boston's going to take this one. And I don't think they make it past the second round, but this series is theirs. Yep, I don't think they get past the second round either. But they are, I, you said it well, you know, they're going to outclass Milwaukee just simply based off coaching. And I do think that they have the pedigree and the experience with their players. You know, Giannis is going to maybe have one or two games where he really just takes over and dominates. Yeah. That's why I said six. But... You know, Boston's going to make the plays at the end. See, but Stevens is a great coach, so he's just going to let Giannis get his, and then they'll just worry about the rest of the guys. Yeah. But, you know, moving on, uh, I think, like we said, you said six, I said five, Boston. Moving on to Utah OKC, which uh, is the game that's going on right now. Fourth quarter, you uh, OKC is up nine with less than a minute left. So, so they got Looks this like one they're in the bag. they're going to take that first game. Um you know, I, I actually bet on Utah to win the series. After I watch this game, I'm not so confident. I'm not ready to discount them yet, though. They played so well this year, and I want to see Oklahoma City do it on a consistent basis. They have the ability, as we know, 
they could put out one of the best games and performances of the year based off of the talent they have on the floor. But Donovan's got to be, you know, he's got to coach consistently. And Utah's t- a tough team at home. Even if Oklahoma City can take game two, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they go back to Utah and Utah takes games three and four and then we have an even series again. The reason why I think Oklahoma City is going to win this series um, is because Paul George is probably the best two-way player in basketball right now. Uh, maybe the second best behind Victor Oladipo. Um, they got Russell Westbrook, who's the best player in the series, and they have a guy who can go at and bother Rudy Gobert more than anybody else in Steven Adams. Um, and not a lot of teams have a center who can actually who who Gobert's actually going to have to worry about. He's really good off the pick and roll. He can hit a mid range jump shot. Uh, he's good rolling to the basket. He's he's just a good center that Gobert's actually going to have to worry about instead of just standing in the middle and just being that shot blocker. Yeah, and not just you know a good center from a talent perspective, but he is tough, man. And he really he really causes a lot of issues for other centers just based off of the way that he plays with his physicality and kind of grit. And he's played in so many big games in his career and has been a part of so many tough games and, and tough teams. You know, obviously, I believe that Westbrook's the best player in this series. I don't think that that's too much of a of a stretch. Um, they have, you know, Melo might have a game where he puts up twenty five, as you alluded to. You know, Paul George, best two way player in the league. Donovan Mitchell, let's see what he can do in the in the yeah, postseason. The playoffs, rookies historically don't do great in the playoffs. I think Mitchell has like one or two good games, but I think Oklahoma City. Now that watching this first game, I think Oklahoma City takes the series. Yeah. I'm not ready to. This is another one of those series that I'm not ready to discount purely based off of one game. The the thing with Oklahoma City all year is they just have not been consistent, and they 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 have very lackluster performances at times. And Utah's talent is is up there. They're very young. They're really athletic, and maybe they could take advantage of some games and some high energy games, especially playing in the altitude in Utah. We'll see. I mean, if I could, I see Oklahoma this is City going. Thunder, I see this is going six okay. with most games being close and Oklahoma City winning. If I'm Oklahoma City Thunder, I put the um, I put Westbrook and Adams in a pick and roll every single time. Try and get Gobert on a switch where he's away from the basket, so he can't block those shots. And then, like I said, Adams is one of the best off the pick and roll in the league. So that I, I saw a lot of that in the game today, and I think that's the formula because Adams is a great passer out of the post too. So when he gets them all in that pick and roll, he can hit those shooters as well, whether it be Corey Brewer, Mello, Paul George. All those guys can knock down the three, so that's what I would do. And, yeah, I think I think OKC wins in six, maybe seven as well. It's going to be an interesting series. So let's cap off the, uh, the first round with, I think – Probably the second easiest series. Minnesota-Houston. Minnesota has so much talent um, between Towns, Wiggins, and Butler, who's a a very good player, um, already an established player. I guess Towns is too, although he's never really won much. I think that this series ends in five. I think if Towns and Butler can have it clicking one game, and, and Wiggins has a little bit of a contribution. They can take one, but I think that Houston wins this series in five. Yeah, I, I, you're not going to hear me argue about that. Houston is just going to assert its dominance basically in every game. He, Minnesota doesn't have what it takes 
to maintain the pace that Houston plays with, maintain the, or you know fend off the firepower that is um, James Harden, Chris Paul, and the rest of the supporting cast, Trevor Ariza. The only interesting thing, if you want to make a storyline about it, I mean, Chris Paul in the playoffs. Chris Paul in the playoffs, right? James Harden in the playoffs. Both of them. But I think, you know. But this, is good. this year is going to be different. Well, maybe not in totality, but certainly in at, this series. I don't see it being Since that you just alluded to that, I was just about to say, I think that that's going to wreak its ugly head possibly rear its ugly head, whatever, possibly further on in the playoffs. Yeah. The first round isn't going to matter. But what's funny is they're both known as two of the bigger choke artists in the history of the NBA. And it's funny, the one time that Chris Paul had a moment in the playoffs was because James Harden choked. <laughs> isn't that funny? Rocket series. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, like I remember it well. Ago, it's pretty, yeah, ago. that is ironic. And now that, you know, they're both trying to conquer their own demons together. Uh, on the same team, and I agree. I mean, the thing about a first-round series, hasn't really perfor- James Harden hasn't really performed well since his Oklahoma City days and deep into the playoffs. And Chris Paul hasn't really performed up to what what you expect since he was on New Orleans when they were playing the Lakers in that one series where they took him to six. Listen, Chris Paul last year. Never been, I read this stat just to throw this at you. Chris Paul has played seventy six playoffs games, never been to even a conference finals. Yep, that's the most of all time. And that stat backs up what I was just going to delve into uh, real quick. Is last year playing for the Clippers, game seven at home against a very inferior Utah team, and he shoots one of eleven and finishes with four points. That is pathetic and now he's got a much better player because I think we all agree that Blake Griffin was not the superstar takeover guy that Harden is second guy at best but this series has kind of Harden's the MVP this year oh for sure obviously yeah I mean you you look at this series being one of those typical first round series where Houston might have its struggles and like you said that might come to the forefront in the second or the second round of the conference final um but I just don't I don't see Minnesota being able. This is a 1-8 matchup. Minnesota has the talent on paper. They're, They're a lot the, more talented than, than a lot of the eight seeds you've seen. But Yeah, but Houston's as the good NBA of a one men, seed as there have oh, been yeah, in absolutely. a while. And i got to give the NBA a lot of credit. This is a more talented league than I've seen in a really long time. If you think back to sometimes where teams could finish 500 and get the eight seed, and every year seemingly it was a sweep. Well, the, I would say in that the, in the West – the East, eh. I mean, I, I, I don't think Miami's much of a team. I, I don't Still, though, if, if you want to go back and look at the history of the NBA playoffs, I would put Miami up against so many of the eight seeds. So many of them. I just think that this league's in really good shape, talent-wise. It's really spread out well this year, and it just, you know, as much as we say, you know, oh, well, these two teams... I, you can't complain over the you know from the from the years before where at least a majority of these series besides like we said Golden State San Antonio and Minnesota Houston and possibly Philly Miami all of them look pretty good. Yeah, no, I they agree look like with they're you. They're going to be competitive, right? Which this is what we've been talking about leading into the postseason, right? Like we're fringe NBA fans. Our our teams are so inept that it's hard to really get excited about them. But across the landscape of the league, it's been discouraging over the last few years because of the adoption of the super teams 
teams like a Golden State that are just constantly great. And not that that's bad, but the fact that they're taking talent from other teams. You know, what made that Durant acquisition so disturbing was it looked like you were going to have a real rivalry between the Warriors and the Thunder. You know, you had... And that was done after one year. And that was done after one year, but you could see there was bad blood. You could see there were developing storylines. You could see that they were both young and they were both in their primes. And that could be like what you had between, you know, the Pistons and the Bulls in the late 80s, early 90s, or, you know, certain rivalries like that every year where you're going to be matching up in the late rounds of the postseason for four or five years just going tit for tat at each other with with tough games and nail biters and who's going to rise to the occasion. And for the best player – of the other side joining the uh, joining the Warriors who were already great that was a tough pill to swallow as an NBA fan because you're thinking you know what's even the point so this postseason is big for the NBA Adam Silver needs it you can create your own storylines in the league but to have a compelling series and but just in you know basically every series with the exception of one or two for the first round it's going to get eyeballs it's going to get the common fan who might have a you know a bad fan or bad team that they root for it's going to draw them in and you don't have to say I'll see you in June for the finals absolutely um yeah i mean uh, when I said I'm just happy with the league, I mean just talent-wise across the board. I think they have a lot of really good players, and there's more coming in in this next draft. And, you know, the, I think that the parity's coming. I think there's going to be a little more parity in this league, especially watching the Warriors recently. Um, I think that I think that there's going to be a new regime soon. Hopefully they figure out a way to combat these um, these super teams. So Yeah, and there's always ebbs and flows of the NBA too. I mean, there seems to be a team that, you know, asserts its dominance for four or five years and they look and you know, somebody's gotta knock them off because you have the younger, hungrier team that just might not be ready to dethrone them for the first year or two, but then finally do and then they ascend to the top and you know, you wanna have that rivalry. You wanna have a Knicks Bulls or a Knicks Pacers and you wanna have you know, a you want to have those those constant battles, the Suns and the Blazers, or the Suns and the Rockets, and 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 matchups like that, like even going back to the Lakers and the Kings in the early two thousands. You know, something like that that's going to captivate the the attention of the fair weathered fans and the and the diehard fans. So, the way that this is looking so far, I'm certainly and in, I'm invested now, and I didn't think I was going to be. So, yeah. What are so, your thoughts on that? Just real quick before we before we segue. I'm like I said. I'm just excited with the with the parity that should be coming in the league, and I'm just excited with this playoff docket. I think that you know even just Cleveland losing to Indiana in the first game, it's just a much more interesting series. Last year, Cleveland would have steamrolled Indiana, um, and, and you know a couple other other teams, you know, would have just would have, you know, killed these teams. Boston would have killed Milwaukee. It wouldn't have been close. So it's just interesting to have more parity. But um, we'll see how this. We'll see how the playoffs continue. We might end up with Cleveland, Golden State, but I'm definitely a little more excited, and I'm actually happy to watch these uh, these series and really enjoy them. So yeah, let's I agree. move on to um, some MLB talk um, before we wrap things up. I'm. Panic meters at twenty for me, and it's only a scale of one to ten for the Yankees. <laughs> Smashing the panic meter right now. The Red Sox are have only lost two games. 
Their lead is mounting over the Yankees. This team looks like a 500-ball team right now. We did not go out and get Giancarlo Stanton to fucking to be 500. I, we also didn't go out to get him to strike out more than Joe DiMaggio in his first four games than he had in an entire season. I can tell you that right now. Yes. Hit the ball the other way. Every once in a while, you don't have to hit a home run. Hit a goddamn single. Stop swinging at balls over your head. It, this is textbook things. No, I know. I think I... So booing more, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Boo more. So we were obviously joking about that last time, but now this has become a serious concern. I went to the game against Baltimore on last Saturday that they actually won, and he looked bad in that game as well. And obviously Sunday it really came to the front where he went 0 for 7 with 5 Ks and left nine guys on base. Judge is carrying his own. Judge looks like he's just going to be Even a superstar. Even if it's not a home run, I want to. I want to walk an RBI single. But and that's he's what doing he does. That. He hit the ball the other way against the shift the defense. other day, and and you know he broke up Porcello's no hit bid on Thursday. Gardner's looking like a spark plug. He's played well. You know, there's really only a couple guys on the team that look like they're really playing inspired baseball. I'm starting to officially panic over the bullpen. Tommy Canley's velocity has gone down about three, five, four miles an hour. Let me tell you about the bullpen, okay? First of all, Tommy Tommy Canley throws a fastball right down the dick every single time at 95 miles an hour, straight as a string. Dylan Batances, we've ranted about him. He can't. He's either giving up a home run or walking a guy. We've said enough about that. Who else do we have? Well, I mean, Green's had a couple struggles, but not as many. No, I, I, I still trust in him when he comes out of the bullpen. Same with Robertson. Chapman makes you a little sweaty at times, but he does that. He does that. Chapman, That's what he is. It's not the luxury of having Mariano where you know things are locked up. I'll tell you that. Of course, but for but I'm still, he's he's not the guy I'm concerned you about. You throw 106. Fucking strike the guy out, okay? Yeah. yeah, and the development of his slider too. You know, he's able to get guys who are sitting dead red on that pitch, and he's and the it's gotten better was too. Supposed to be elite, we were supposed to be right up there with the Clevelands of the world, and and they're not. They no. really aren't. Their two good pitchers right now are you know Robertson and and Chapman. And Chapman, you still scares the shit out of me. And then to, the injuries are bad. I agree, but. Yeah. You're losing to you're losing to to the Orioles. Yeah, you can't lose three can't or four lose a to, the to the Orioles. No, you can't lose three or four to the Orioles, especially at home. Especially the that way they lost those games. Game, Both oh. of them. The Friday night game that they lost on the Grand Slam, and then you know they yeah. had bases loaded, no outs, and had a ch- with Judge hitting a double play ground ball back to the pitcher and then Stanton striking out. I mean, Stanton, I still do believe is going to be fine. You know, like the weather, oh, of course, the of weather's course. been this shit. Jokes, and but. if you look to like a, historically, he's had stretches like this where he's been striking out at insane clips and he always figures it out. I think at the end of the day, is he going to hit 59 home runs? No, but I still think at the end of the day, he's going to compile a really good year. This reminds me a lot of Teixeira's first year in New York where his April was bad. He got off to a tough start. Fans were on him. You know, he finished up. Teixeira was always a a notorious starter. starter. So, you know, I think too is the starting pitching is where my panic concern is because CC's already been I'm hurt. There too. I'm I'm very very panicked with the bullpen and I'm almost as equally as panicked with the starting pitcher. So here's where I feel about When CC Sabathia is your second most consistent pitcher who can't even stay healthy, you should be smashing the panic button. Oh, for sure. And look at some of these performances. I mean, the other last week 
The Yankees scored five runs in the first inning, knocking out the Orioles pitcher with a lineup that had Tyler Austin batting fifth. So, Jace Peterson in the lineup. You had all Ronald Torres, Austin Romine. They score five runs. Montgomery can't hold it. They lose in extras. You had the game with the brawl in Boston where Tanaka is sailing, and fortunately they were able to hold on to the game. But he gives up the grand slam to Martinez, doesn't get out of the sixth inning. You had Severino lay an egg against Sale, and I still think Severino's a stud, but that was a bad performance. I mean, up Can't and down, Sonny Gray, what is with him? He's got a lot of A.J. Burnett written over him for me. I know he doesn't have the stuff that Burnett did, but listen, he was ascending to A status, or you figured with this rotation, if he's matching up with other teams' threes, you had the advantage. Yeah, and Not he, really, right now. he was a lot of fool's gold. I thought he was going to be really good this year. I thought he was going to be, you know, anybody else's number two, number, but he would be our number three kind of starter. Yeah. He's been horrible. And he gives you no length. No. He's out by the fifth inning every start. His games suck to watch, too. They're, they drag They're so on. Slow. Yep. So I think there's a lot of valid concerns. I think the Yankees will be there. But what scares you is the Red Sox aren't losing. No, and and I've gone from, and I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's just a what have you done for me lately. I'm kind of overreacting. I've gone from thinking they're going to lock in that division to maybe they squeak by and grab the division or they have to be in that wild card game again. Yeah, I, I'm. it's looking that way. I mean, we both predicted the Yankees to win, and obviously we saw there was injuries. And it's the season so early. I think what they could use, though, if you look up and down the lineup, they're getting no production out of third base. They're getting no production out of second base. All we heard all offseason was you didn't see the real Tyra Wade last year. You didn't see the real Tyra Wade last year. Well, apparently we did because we're seeing the same one, a guy who can't get on base, a guy who's not able to use his speed, he can't hit. You know, Neil Walker hasn't yeah, gotten on a roll really yet. Kind of giving us your speed when you're striking out looking three times. Right. Three. And Duhar looks like he's pressed. He walks back to the dugout really fucking fast. <laughs> he sure out. does. And you got, you know, and Duhar looks like he's pressing. He, I don't worry about him. He's going to be a really good player. But it looks like he's pressing. Drury's injury hurt because, you know, as you said, he was your new favorite player. He was looking really good from the beginning. These His migraines, migraines are, nasty. are very, very weird. How did they not know about this? He's he's he never told anybody. Arizona didn't even know. Hmm. He never even told the Diamondbacks that he had it. So, you know, he's complaining about blurred vision and not being able to see. I mean, how do you play baseball when you can't see? So, it's disconcerting. You know, Bird obviously hurt. That kind of set the tone. there's, there's, There's too much talent for them to fade into obscurity, but... You know they gotta play better. They got to next two series between Miami and then they play Toronto at home in New York. They play six games. Yep. I think I said to you earlier today they gotta take five out of six. Yeah, I mean you you better beat the shit out of Miami in the two games at home, <laughs> bludgeon yeah. them. Like I mean I'm serious. I look at what the Mets did to them. The Mets had all the reason to lose two of those three games against the Marlins, and they're and they won because. You can't lose to a team like that. And now Donaldson's on the DL. He always kills you if you know if you're the Yankees. He's going to be out. You got to capitalize. You you can't. You might be able to stay around 500, a little above 500, and wait for your you know artillery to come back and and get your, your get yourself uh, healthy. But if Boston continues to play the way they are, because they're beating the teams they should beat. You can talk all you want about them playing the Marlins and the Rays and the Orioles. Well, you know what? They're beating them. And I look at the same thing as we talked about the Mets. 
They do the same thing. They're beating teams they should beat, and the Yankees have not. No, not at all. Um, you know, just to go, since we already brought it up a little bit further on some Major League Baseball, Astros look like they're going to win maybe 130 games this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We said that division might be over by July. I think it might be over by May. Yeah, God, no. they're good. Verlander looks incredible. Cole, you've seen the first three starts? Yeah. He's the first pitcher. Remember that time that you said that Sonny Gray was better than Garrett Cole? Yeah, that's not looking too good. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett Cole has had three starts this year with his new team. Every start, he's had 10 strikeouts or more and has gone more than six innings. He looks confident, man. They're going to win the World Series. I, I know I said Cubs. And the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Yankees are really struggling. They're going to win. I think they're going to win back-to-back World Series. Well, that was my prediction. Yeah. I thought they'd be the first ones. I mean, You also forgot that they were in the AL West. That was one time. You forgot um, that they were a Major League Baseball team. <laughs> that was one time. So, yeah. The, the, On a uh, lost podcast. The, but. Cubs, the Cubs and the Dodgers are struggling as well as the Yankees. I think the Dodgers is is real. I think as for the Cubs and the Yankees, I think both teams are going to figure it out. I think the Cubs are still going to win that division. I think the Yankees are at the very least going to be a wild card team. I don't know about the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers, unfortunately for them, play in a division that's so good as we... That and they're old. I think the difference between the Cubs and the Yankees and the Dodgers is that the Yankees and the the Cubs are just struggling, but they have the talent, and they are still... All of their players are... In their primes, the Dodgers, it's like you're running out a Puig who's, you know, hit or miss every season, and he's hitting below 200 right now. You're playing Matt Kemp, you know, Justin Justin Turner should not be this much of an impact. No, and, and but they and they're two players that you can really rely on are Cody Bellinger and Cor- and Corey Seager. Yep, and they're both not off to the greatest starts ever. No, and their rotation scares you a bit too. I mean, if Kershaw is not winning every start that he pitches, they don't have the depth that they have had in the past. And Jansen, his fastball looks slow. They're just their whole team, besides the two studs that I mentioned, they just look old. No, they do. And I, I agree with you. You know, They're probably in the most trouble because if you look at the Cubs, probably their biggest, their biggest threat is going to be the Brewers, maybe the Cardinals. The Yankees really have Boston. Toronto's, their injuries, Baltimore can't pitch. And obviously Tampa Bay speaks for itself. You know, those are teams that, you know, if the Yankees can get hot, if the Cubs can get hot, they're really only fending off one team. You know, the Dodgers have to fend off the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, who are both, as we talked about in our preseason predictions, very good teams. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if they fall, they might not They might not be able to recover. I think the Diamondbacks, you know, from the looks of it, might end up taking this division. And all of these things, I sound so sure, even with the NBA playoffs, after seeing, like, a week worth of baseball and one game in the series, and tomorrow when I come in, I could, I could be like, Cleveland looked great in that second game. I think they're going to win the finals, you know? Like, well, here's that's the, just how I am. Listen, I but you know what? So is everybody that talks sports. And we have in the playoffs, we have one game to go off of. We don't have a series. And that doesn't, you know, with baseball too, is we can react, overreact to the Yankees. Because you know what? As Yankee fans and watching them play and seeing how they stack up against a team like Boston, even a team like the Mets, the Mets look inspired, man. I watched, I watched a couple of their games this weekend around the playoffs because the Yankees can't seem to play a game. Thank you, Detroit, for once again being the worst city in America. I feel like yeah. every time they, they go there, it rains. Right. I feel like every time they go there, it rains. But 
you know, I was watching the Mets, and they're playing with a lot of character. And I'm going to say this, too. I'm not against the sign, the the trade for Stan. You have to take advantage of an acquisition like that every time you can. And I think he's a good teammate. He's a good clubhouse guy. All he wants to do is win. You can't knock that. He's not an all-me kind of guy. But I'm watching the dynamic on the Mets, right? Todd Frazier is, makes a huge difference to that team because Yoenna Cespedes has always kind of been a go-to-the-beat-of-my-own-drum kind of guy. You know, he's not the most... He kind of always does his own thing. When he's hot, he'll carry you because that's just the kind of talent that he is. But there was something missing with the Mets the last few years, even with their talent, and not even just their injuries. It seemed like it was just a bunch of guys on a team. And you see Frazier hugging Cespedes and Cespedes saying after the team gets into Miami at 5.30 in the morning before playing an awful team, Mickey Calloway says, hey, you know, don't worry about playing today. We're going to give you the day. And he's like, no, I'm playing. This is Yoenis Cespedes, who all people do is question his heart and his effort. And you see Frazier. He's in the middle of every dugout celebration. Yeah, and, I know. And he's, 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 he's hit some home runs and he's going to do that. But I really think that, you know, that's something that when you watched the Yankees last year, you had one word to describe them, and it was fun. And I know this year they're missing some guys so far. They look they, It's the first time that they have really high expectations, so they might be playing a little tight, especially as a young team. But, man, I, it's hard to say that one guy makes such a difference. But what Frazier's doing for the Mets, I don't think that's an accident, and I don't think it's a coincidence. No, I completely agree with you. And we said, you know, we wish they could have found a spot to keep him. You know, maybe if he played a different position, I wish he was a relief pitcher with the same personality. <laughs> a starter, too, would be fine. Yeah, but, you know, he's a glue guy, and you need players like that. And hopefully the Yankees can either trade for somebody or somebody on the team could be like that. I just think they're off to a slow start. I'm joking around about the panic thing. Talk to me a month from now, and if they're doing the same shit, I'm going to turn the game off. I, I can't do it. <laughs> Between the Knicks and the Jets, I can't do it. No. Especially depending on how this draft goes. But the Jets, I, I mean, but, you know, I just think the Yankees are off to a slow start. Everybody needs to relax. They're going to be fine. Um, when Torres comes up, I think he's going to tear it up. Andahar's going to come around. He's got too quick of a bat, too good, too good of a hitter. For this to keep happening, and the bullpen let have a chance. Yeah, and the bullpen, you know, they all have. The bullpen's got to play themselves into shape. Besides Batantis, who I'm really worried about, I think Canley might have a little bit of a case of a dead arm. Maybe he needs a trip to the 10 day DL. Yeah, I mean yeah. Chapman. Chapman did last year, and it, and it paid dividends for him, uh, especially with his velocity. I, I really do think that the Yankees will be fine. They have just too much talent, and baseball is such a war of attrition. It's such a marathon. These guys, at the end of the day, are going to play how they always do. Giancarlo Stanton is not a 205 hitter. His on-base percentage is always going to be fine. He, he has a track record. These guys have a track record. He's going to figure it out. He's going to stop swinging at, pitch, uh, at fastballs at his throat, and I think the Yankees are going to be right there. Do I think that it's going to be as much of a runaway train with them you know, in the division? No. I think that it's going to be a close division with the Red Sox. I think they're better than we thought, and I think that they're either going to eke by with the division or, or pick up one of those wild cards. Do I want that? No. But, you know, and if you do, just make sure you're the home team. Exactly. Because Yankee Stadium is electric, and it is a major home field advantage. I would prefer to win a division. Oh, for sure. And we're not conceding that. I think it's more just, I don't think their struggles would be as 
highlighted if Boston wasn't playing the way they are because you may not be able to win a pen or a division in April, but you sure as hell can lose one. Yeah, and it's 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 the other side for the NL East. It's like the the Red Sox are after huge leads and the Mets are too on the Nationals. The Nationals are in third place right now. I know it's crazy. Um, and they're looking like the same thing, off to a slow start. Everybody but Harper is not playing great for that team. Um, Scherzer looks okay. Besides that, uh, you know, Strasburg's looking pedestrian. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're going to look up, and they're going to be right there, too, just like the Yankees. And the two, last two, uh, the last thing, too, about the Yankees is what they did in the offseason was say, we, we're keeping our top prospects, and we have, we're saving money so that they can make not one but two big mid-season acquisitions if need be. Absolutely. And they still have those, you know, they still got the two aces in their hands. So. Y- yeah, and so that that too will make a difference. So I'm not ready to completely lose it, but there are some disconcerting qualities. They just got to play better baseball and you can't you can't continue to say Something get better, click. get better. Something'll click with them. I hate the cold too. I still go to work though. <laughs> Fortunately, you don't have to stand out there and and, and play oh, four please. hour games. But no, but it is. I'm also underpaid compared to them too. Very true. And but you do see. I mean, it, it's hard to get in a rhythm with the consistent rainouts and delays and freezing cold weather. And a lot of teams have to deal with it. But it's hard to get into a rhythm. I'm certainly not going to use that as an excuse. The only thing I'm worried about is the pitching. Offense, it will come around. But I, we're not going to be able to win every single game 10 to nothing. No. And that's what's scary because I think the pitching is an actual concern. I think the offense is in a slump, but the talent is there. As for the pitching, it's really got me worried. With Patances and Canely out of the bullpen and the starting staff, it's just not that talented. We were wrong about Sonny Gray. As far as I can see, we were wrong. Yeah, and Montgomery's going to have his games like he did Friday, which were which was very good. But he's Montgomery's also going to have, but he's also going to have his him. games where he can't ex- throw strikes. You don't expect him to be anything more. I'm more concerned with our guys, like especially Sonny Gray, and and Tanaka. Yep, the length out of the starters is what's really concerning because that pay that plays into the bullpen struggles. You can't ask the bullpen to get 15 outs every single game. And if, no matter how good they are, the Yankees are going to have to go out and get an ace and a mid-tier guy. Yeah, and or maybe develop one of their top young prospects into, you know, maybe Chance Adams comes up as a as a reliever and and sets the world on fire, who knows. But last thing, we talked pitching, we talked hitting. So let's segue. Let's put it together. Shohei Otani, what a show he's put on so far. The Yankees wanted him desperately, and there clearly was a reason. I mean, he blew them off. Have fun going to Disney World every day in Anaheim (laughs) instead of going out to New York. But whatever. But that's what he wanted, and he he probably felt that his skill set would be better in a place like that. And you can't fault the guy. I mean, listen, from a hitting standpoint... I'm glad that he didn't go into one of those 0-for-30 slumps. He's already got three home runs. He's hitting, what, 275 hit right a tri- now? Hit a triple the other yeah, day. Yeah, he can really run. He had a nice pop-up slide. He looks like an athlete out there. My thing for hitting is the pitchers will figure him out. He's going to have a huge slump. It's going to be to the point where they got to pull him out of the lineup, I think. Um, but then he'll come back. He'll be fine. Pitching, he's a he's dominant. Oh my god! And god I know, it's, I, know. I don't know what they're gonna. He is gonna. He's gonna be up there in the. I think he's gonna be up there in the Cy Young voting. I know Oakland is. His not stuff a, is nasty. Oakland is not a team that you look at and say, "Wow, that's a tough lineup to face." They're aggressive and they're young. 
But my God, he had the no-hitter going into the seventh against them. He was throwing 98 from the first inning on. His slider and split are dropping off the table. They move, they bite, they have late action. He has every aspect of pitching, including composure, that you look at and say, Jesus, this guy could be, like what you said, a Cy Young threat. And and they're going to give him an opportunity to take the ball every five days. And, wow, I mean, he's going to be a show every time he's on the mound, yeah, which no, is which is great I'd for the sport. To, I'd love to, you know, get to Yankee Stadium or whatever it may be and see him this year. He's a stud. He really is. Um, I wish he was on the Yankees. I do, too. I mean, we'll we'll see. And once again, we have to overreact because we're, we're doing a sports talk show and we can only go based off of what we've done and we can't say, no, oh, let's just wait. Let's just wait. And we have to react I wouldn't to what even we've con- seen. I wouldn't even consider that overreacting because if I was going to re- overreact, I would have been like, holy shit, he's going to hit 50 home runs this year and he's going to hit 300. No, he, they're going to figure him out when it comes to a hitting standpoint. But just watching him pitch, it's, it's not like – you know, he's he's got gotten lucky and all these guys are making diving plays and just missing home runs and whatever. He's throwing 97-98 into the 7th and 8th inning and his stuff looks really sharp and he's dominating as a pitcher. And, and this just... He could have done that to any lineup the way he was painting the corners and everything. He just looked great. No, he did. And it's such a cool thing for baseball because we haven't seen a talent like this in a long time. And... It's going to be a storyline that we can follow every day because the days he's not pitching, he's going to be hitting, and the days he's not in the lineup, you know, he's going to be he's going to be towing the rubber. So, it's going to be a really cool story throughout baseball. I obviously am with you. Wish he came to the Yankees, but he he's he's a great story. He's great to captivate, you know, fan, fringe fans of the league, and. You know, he's playing where he wanted to play, and he probably thought, hey, this is going to be really hard to make this adjustment, and I have to have the utmost comfortability to do it. You know, to go play where you don't want to play, and I have this, you know, look at Stanton getting booed already, and and rightfully so. In some cases, other times, unbelievably ridiculous. But the microscope he'd be under in New York is, or in Boston, or in, you know, Washington, or wherever, would be so paramount that you wonder if he would really be able to do that out in LA. Nobody's watching the games out there unless, unless you're just a sick baseball fan or unless you're living that time zone, he's not getting the eyeballs nonstop, but if they play well and they're off to a good start, he's got the best player in the league playing with him in Mike Trout. You don't know. And and to see him in an all-star game, maybe, like where you could pitch him two innings and then let him He's hit. He's throwing like 104. That'd and it's be a home cool. Run. So, be awesome. So I wanted to touch upon that. I know you did too. You know, we love baseball. It's, it's definitely our favorite sport as far as, you know, when you're really getting into the nitty-gritty of it. And we have a whole season to discuss it around the other sports, but hopefully the Yankees pick it up. They've got a week where they can capitalize prior to our next show. Hopefully, you know, at this point next week they're five. They're five and one in their last six. If I if they lose, let's just if they lose, you know, three of these games or more, you may never see me again. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to do a so. I don't know if anybody wants to hear me by myself, but that you don't if, even know how to turn this computer on. <laughs> if Tom drops off the face, this. if Tom drops off the here. face, you know that could be an issue. 
Um, but yeah, man, I think we covered everything. The NBA playoffs are really interesting. They're provocative. We got another week of those games by this time next week. We'll maybe have some series winners or we'll have, um, some compelling series that we could look and forecast for six or seven. Um, the next week too, we got to talk NFL draft is coming fast and furious. Yep. We got draft, um, 10.0 coming out, (laughs) mock draft 10.0. So we'll definitely be talking about that. I just can't wait for the day to come. Thank God I have some NBA playoffs and some awful Yankees to distract me. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Jets are going to do to see if I'm going to be miserable or not. Um, and yeah, so we'll be back. Are you going to do a Jets rant like you do a Knicks rant today? If the Jets take the <laughs> take uh, Baker Mayfield or or somebody ridiculous at three? Yeah, yeah. I probably will. <laughs> well, you can look forward to that if that's the case. Or maybe yes. Tom's a, maybe Tom goes on a happy rant for once about what is one of his teams. Uh, that might happen. I'm either going to be dead or I'm going to be on a happy rant. So <laughs> let's hope for the latter. For sure. Right, so I will. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. See you, everybody. Take care.